Friends, we're reviewing the Sikha Bayetse, Sikha number one, volume 15. And the discussion is that if someone keeps Shabbos, they get an infinite inheritance. Why so? Because Jacob, it is said that he kept Shabbos, specifically the Torah, and he got an infinite inheritance. As the Torah says, by Jacob, you will spread forth with Faratzta with boundlessly east, west, north, and south, by Abraham and Isaac, respectively. It does not say, Uforatza, to break out. It says a finite blessing. By Abraham, you'll have the land uh, to the length and to the breadth. It represents some limitation. By Isaac, it says, to you and your children, I'll give all of these lands. Again, it's a definition, these lands. Whereas by Jacob alone, it says, you will break forth boundlessly to the east, west, north, and south. What's special about Jacob that he gets a boundless blessing? And how do we get that blessing? Because Jacob kept Shabbos. Am I else keeping Shabbos? We will have a boundless blessing. Now, clearly, all the patriarchs kept Shabbos. However, by Jacob is delineated specifically. So clearly, it was his special mitzvah. And how is it delineated specifically? Because it says in the portion of Ayishlach, the upcoming portion, that when he came to Sodom, he camped outside the city. And it's explained in the oral Torah what really happened was that he set up what's called the Tchum Shabbos, the boundary of Shabbos. Normally, a person is not allowed to move about on Shabbos more than 2,000 cubits outside a city. By encamping himself, he set up camp, let's call it, and he was fulfilling the mitzvah of staying within your bounds, within your space, your extended space. He set up his Shabbos space. And so here we see clearly that he, he observed Shabbos, not just as part of all of Judaism, but specifically, and therefore he got the boundless blessing, and you and I following suit, when we celebrate Shabbos, we too will have the boundless blessing. And this is spelled out in the prophet, Isaiah, and it's brought down in our Shabbos morning Kiddush, quote, then you will delight in God and he will give you the inheritance of Jacob, our forefather, unquote. Delight is a reference to Shabbos and Jacob's blessing is boundless. The purpose of the Sikha, I think, is to try to find the connection between four things, infinity, Jacob, Shabbos, and the law of the Tchum Shabbos, of the space of a person's encampment or space of Shabbos. Every person has a space around them that they're allowed to move about on Shabbos, similar to the fact that everybody has four cubits around them that represents their space, even though you're not allowed to carry on Shabbos, for example, but you can carry until four cubits. It's your space, it's your extended space, and uh, the fact that the Talmud and the Medrash connect these four things, clearly there has to be a connection between them. Let's find the connection. Again, between infinity, we're talking about an infinite blessing. How do you get that infinite blessing? First of all, whose blessing was it? It was Jacob's. How did he get it? And therefore, how do we get it? By observing Shabbos. And which part of Shabbos did he observe most especially as spelled out clearly in the Torah? the idea of his Shabbos space. So we're gonna to try to connect the dots between these four things. Says the Rebbe, first of all, the reason why Shabbos denotes infinity is because Shabbos represents the essence of our soul. The soul has many levels. We can see, we can hear, we can talk, we can think, we can feel. But then there's the essence, the essence of our soul, what we call the Yechida, the Pintalayid, the spark, which is one with God, and that's a place in us that is infinite, because God's an infinite, infinite. 
Shabbos accesses that place in our soul. Where do we see that Shabbos accesses that place in our soul, of our essence? Because Shabbos is a great equalizer. It's the one mitzvah that all Jews do exactly the same. Every other mitzvah, they're not observed the same by the great scholar and the mystic and the more inspired and the more simple and layman. For example, a, a great mystic or scholar puts the tefillin, they understand the mystical concepts of the tefillin message, of binding together mind and heart, and the same with it. Whereas a simple Jew is just doing the act. Clearly it's a mitzvah, but you can't compare the level of the mitzvah, the quality of the mitzvah, if you will. And this is true with 612 mitzvahs of the Torah. The exception is Shabbos. Since the mitzvah of Shabbos, all it is, is rest. It's a negative, it's a negation not telling you something specific. Do this or don't do that. It's just telling you, Shabbos, be yourself. Shabbos, come to tranquility. Just rest. That's the same by everyone. That's the same by every single Jew from the greatest scholar and righteous person to the simple Jew and everyone in between. So Shabbos is a great equalizer. When we see a great equalizer between Jews of all stripes and colors, and levels, that's got to be the essence of the soul. Because on the essence is where everyone is the same. Think of a father and children. If you're a father and you have 10 kids, if you're honest, they're not all the same. It's not a matter of who's better or worse, but they're not all the same. This one is smarter, this one is cuter, this one is funnier, this one is kinder, this one is artistic. Everybody is different. They're not the same. People are not the same. But in terms of the fatherness, they're all the same. They're all your kids. Because the fatherness, if you will, the essential bond, the essential DNA that you have with your kids, it's exactly equal. Even a child that disappoints you is equally your child to the child that makes you proud. Similarly, when we find the mitzvah in Torah where all Jews are equal, as mentioned before with Shabbos is, therefore this is talking about a place where every Jew is God's child, it's the essential bond, of a Jew with Hashem's essence, and therefore there can't be a difference. The papa is the papa, the kids are the kids. There can't be a difference on DNA on essential level, and therefore they're all exactly the same. Hence, we now understand very well why Shabbos will gift us this boundless inheritance. Nothing in life is boundless. We're all finite beings. Everything about us is finite. What is boundless? God. How do you access God? Shabbos. Why? Because Shabbos touches the essence of our souls. As said before, because it's a mitzvah, we all do exactly the same. It represents a place in us that we're just Hashem's kindalach. We're therefore the same. And on that level, we touch the divine. And on that level, we touch the divine. We're in an infinite level of blessing. And whatever that means, the inheritance that is completely boundless. And in fact, this is echoed in the prayers of Shabbos during the Mincha prayer specifically. The language is from you, God, comes their tranquility. Tranquility of Shabbos is not just don't work. It's tranquility. It's a concept of infinity. It's a concept where a person comes to a place where all his work is done. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to do. Everything is perfect. There's no worry. There's no anxiety. There's no to-do list. How could there be such a state of being? It's impossible. And the only answer is, well, to Hashem, everything is okay. By Him, everything is tranquil. It's a form of infinity. 
tranquility is synonymous if you were with infinity. I got everything. Who can say I have everything? Only Hashem. And a Yid on Shabbos, when he truly forgets all of his burdens, he truly accesses a place in his neshama where he's part of Hashem. He's got everything. He's got everything. He's completely at peace, completely tranquil. And therefore, Shabbos is synonymous with the essence of the soul. It's synonymous with connection to Hashem. It's synonymous with infinity. So we connected one dot with the other dot. Infinity with Shabbos. Now what about Yaakov, Jacob? Why is he the one? Which, by the way, parenthetically, why this explains why on Shabbos, even though we're supposed to rest, we run to shul, we're studying Torah, we're supposed to uh, do extra prayers. Some people take long walks on Shabbos to go to shul because it's Shabbos, and they get tired out from the walk. You would think if it's a day of rest, we should chill, do nothing. But the answer is no. Shabbos rest is much more than just resting from work. It's tranquility. It's coming back to your essence, to a place of perfection, of tranquilness, of peace, of infinity, where everything is done. That's not something you can find in this world. You can only find it with Hashem. When you delight with Hashem and within your person, you find it in the essence of your soul. What better thing to do than to study Torah and to daven and to do mitzvahs because you're connecting to Hashem. That's not called work. That's exactly tranquility. What's the connection, especially of Yaakov? Why is it that Abraham and Isaac did not quite access this infinity and Yaakov, Jacob did? So it's explained Kabbalistically, Jacob is the middle column. Abraham is chesed, kindness or love. That's how we serve God and people. Isaac is givura, discipline, strength. That's how we serve God and mankind. Jacob is called the middle column. Tiferet, which is beauty, compassion. Why is it called beauty? Because the beauty is when two colors combine and they complement each other. That's when you get beauty. Compassion is a middle column between kindness and discipline. And the Kabbalah explains to us that this middle column is very powerful. It's not just one of the attributes, just like kindness and discipline. It's not just a balance of those two, but actually it accesses the very core of the essence of the soul. You could see this in any basic Kabbalistic workbook where they have these diagrams, so to speak, how the cosmic, uh, how the divine uh, body, so to speak, of the 10 sephirot looks. You see God's body, and you have the head, and you have the crown of God, and then you have the two hands, which is kindness and discipline, coming down to the two legs. I don't know if you've seen such images, these pictures, which have origins in holy works of Kabbalah. And then there's the middle column. The middle column is special because it goes all the way up. It goes all the way up to the crown on top of the head, so to speak, the Kesser and the Kabbalah, through Das in the brain through compassion in the heart to the reproductive organs. Whereas the right and left column, they're limited. It starts with the emotion and it ends with the action. The right hand and the right foot, the left hand, the left hand and the left foot. Whereas the middle column goes all the way down from the top to the bottom. There's an infinity here. In fact, that's why it ends by the reproductive organ, which represents infinity. Why is that middle column so special? that it's not just an, an emotional harmony between kindness and discipline, but it goes to the das and it goes all the way up to the crown. What is the significance of this power of Jacob of the middle column? So it's explained because it represents a harmony between kindness and discipline. Kindness and discipline are both great virtues. 
but their virtue is limited. Kindness is great, but if I have unchecked kindness, it's going to end up in the wrong direction. I'll end up giving a poor man money that he'll use to buy drugs, or I'll allow my love to flow in a place which it shouldn't. Conversely, discipline is fantastic. It's very careful, but it can end up becoming mean and exclusionary and, and tough. So there's a pitfall in each. And that's why it's explained that Abraham and Isaac were kindness and discipline. From them came out negativity. From Abraham came out Ishmael, who represents love run amok, lust. From Isaac, discipline came out Esau, which represents strength run amok, murder, needless hunting. So each one is wonderful, but they're lacking. And then there's the middle column, compassion, with the ferret beauty. When we're able to find a harmony between the right and the left, we're able to actually have both simultaneously. How could you have both? How could you be kind and disciplined at the same time? And in fact, in one attribute, how could two opposites coexist? And the answer is two opposites can coexist when they're subjugated to a higher power that to whom they answer. The analogy is, the analogy is that you can have, you know, the famous, Prayer and it's a song, God makes peace on high. And it's explained that we have what does it mean God makes peace on high? What's what's the need for peace on high? I always thought that heaven was a peaceful place. No, God has to make peace. So it's explained that the two archangels, Gabriel and Michael, Michael represents God's angel of water and kindness. Gabriel, God's archangel of fire and discipline, and the two don't extinguish one another. Fire and water, not just fire and water. The angels of fire and water, the embodiment of fire and water, total polar opposites, and yet they coexist. The analogy is given in Hasidus that you have a king and he has two ministers. And one, he's the prosecutor, and one, he's the defense. One, his life is to find the judgment and strictness in people, and one is to find kindness and, and give people the, the, the benefit of the doubt. And these are two important ministers in his kingdom. So it's explaining Hasidus, how do I know whether they're really serving the king or they're just following their own nature? This guy's a tough guy and this guy's a sweet guy. How do I know he's being tough in the, in the mission of the king or it's just his own nature? The same thing with the sweet guy. The answer is find out if they get along. If the tough guy has respect and leaves room, so to speak, for the nice guy and vice versa, that means he's not about tough and he's not about nice. They're both about the king, except that's their job. Michael and Gabriel, fire and water, they're total opposites. So what? Oseh shalom bim God brings about peace. When two opposites are there, but they're not about who they are, they're about the king, they're about a higher purpose, then they're one and the same. Just like a person has a right hand and a left hand, they don't get into a fight. Person has a mind and a heart, they're very opposite. They don't get into a fight most of the time because their the mind is not a mind, the heart is not a heart. They're both the person. The right hand is not the right hand versus the left hand. If they're both the person and therefore they totally cohesive. Similarly, the angels for both sides of the aisle, if you will, the ministers from both sides of the aisle, if you will, we know that they're truly about their master when they work hand in hand seamlessly 
And that becomes the message of Jacob. The message of Jacob is not about kindness and love of God. It's not about discipline and toughness towards the rigorous observance of God's will. It's not this, it's not this. It's only one, one thing. What the Sikha calls bitl. Total humility. Whatever God wants. I'm not about love. I'm not about discipline. I'm about God. Whatever God wants. It turns out God wants both. No problem. Suddenly there's a harmony. So therefore, tiferet is a very powerful thing, this middle column. The language of Kabbalah is tiferet, tiferet, oile adakeset. The attribute of compassion or beauty, this middle column, when a person finds a balance, why does he find the balance? Because it ascends all the way up to God's crown. What does it mean, the crown? God's kingdom, God's essence. He's not dedicated to kindness or discipline or compassion. He's dedicated to the king. He has a bitl, he has subjugation. He's committed. He's committed to Hashem, and therefore, two opposites are complementary. If that's what Hashem wants, it's a tremendous power, tremendous gift that Jacob has. And therefore, Jacob is the one that has the infinity. In fact, the verse says it, as the Sikha points out. What are the words before the words, Uforatsa, you will have boundless blessing? The words that immediately preceded is, your children will be like the dust of the earth, which is a famous reference to the concept of this bitl, this nullification. It's not about me. I'm out of control. I'm not gravitating to kindness. I'm not gravitating to something else. I'm not gravitating to anything. I want to just serve Hashem, bitl. I'm just showing up for the job. Nullification, like the dust of the earth. Aha, Jacob reached the level of the dust of the earth, which is representative of the middle column where you're focusing on the crown, what does Hashem want? And then you're going to have, and hence you have this balance, this harmony. You are therefore able to have the infinite blessing. Because again, infinity, because of touching Hashem, touching Hashem himself, his essence, which is access in the middle column. So we now explain the connection between infinity and Shabbos and Jacob. One last piece left to explain, and that is why, how is infinity connected specifically to to the mitzvah of Tichum Shabbos, the space around the person which is allowed to move about on Shabbos, which generally is the four cubits around you, and by extension is the space where you camp on Shabbos. Why that mitzvah of all the laws of Shabbos is going to be, so to speak, the embodiment where the message of infinity is imparted. And to explain, the reason is because the, the essence of our soul, which we talked about before, the Yechidosh of Anefesh, wherein is revealed God's essence, because a Jew's essence is a reflection of God's essence. Where does it reside in the person? Most parts of the soul have an address in the person. You can see your soul's power of sight is in the eyes. Your soul's power of hearing is in the ears. Your soul's power to understand is in the brain, etc., etc. Your soul's power for every single thing has an address within the body. The exception to that is, though, the essence. Where does the soul's essence reside? How do you find essence? Where do you find infinity in a finite being? And Kabbalah's answer is, it's not within the body, it's in an aura around the body. You might say it's in the four cubits, it is said, around the person. 
And therefore, the mitzvah of Tchum Shabbos, the mitzvah that Jacob camped, he set up camp to set up his aura, his space, his Shabbos space. By extension, what does that mean? It means his space where his soul or his essence of his soul rests. I want to suggest a way to understand this concept by the famous story of the Alter Rebbe, first Chabad Rebbe holding his grandson on his lap when the boy was a little child, I don't know, three years old. And the story famously says that the, that the, the Zayda, the Alter Rebbe, said to his grandson, who later became the third Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, he said to him, who is Zayda? Where is Zayda? Where's grandpa? So the boy points to grandpa. So he says, that's not Zayda, that's not grandpa, that's Zayda's beard. But where's Zayda? So he pointed to his eyes. He said, that's not Zayda, that's Zayda's eyes. Continued to pointing different parts of his grandfather, and each time the Alter Rebbe said, That's not Zayda. That Zayda is this, that Zayda is that. But where is Zayda? I guess testing the boy's wit and wisdom. The kid jumps off his Zayda's lap and is playing in the corner. And a little while later, Grandpa, the Zayda, gets up and starts to leave the room, at which time the grandson screams, Zayda! And the Alter Rebbe turns around and says, yes, what is it? And the boy points in that general direction. He says, here is Zayda. Meaning to say, you got me before. It's not this, it's not that. But it's the whole picture. Here is Zayda. There's many lessons to that story. There's a tremendous amount of depth to that story. But in the context of the Sikha, I'm going to suggest that that's perhaps why the essence of the soul is in the aura. Here is Zayda. Not in this part of the body, that part of the body. It's the Zayda, it's the essence. The essence can't be given a specific spot. He can't even dwell, as the Rebbe says, in the clothing of the person. It's, too, it, 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 it's beyond limit, or even the home. But the aura around, the space around, the Daladamas, the four cubits, and by extension in the Sicha, the encampment of the person, where he rests, the Shabbos, etc. The aura around, oh, here is Zayda, here's the essence. And therefore, Jacob, by resting on Shabbos and creating that space, he invited in the essence of the soul. And therefore, everyone who keeps Shabbos will have the power of Jacob. The takeaway from the Sikha is uh, the power of Shabbos. It's not just refraining from work, but it's total tranquility. And every one of us is capable of it because I'm at equally. Because on the level of the essence of the soul, we're all exactly equal. On the level of scholarship and self-refinement and love of God and awe of God, etc., we may be very poor. But on the essence of the level, we're a yid just like a tzaddik. There's a little Moses in each of us, as the eighth day likes to say. And therefore, Shabbos is an opportunity to access it. You know, we all speak about Yom Kippur, Yechidah, Ne'ilah. The Rebbe is telling us that every Shabbos is a place to access it. And how so? Find tranquility. Let's try to find a few moments on Shabbos where we close our eyes or, or with open eyes and we recognize there's a piece of Hashem in us. Within our essence, we're one with Hashem, equally to every other Jew. The proof is that even the simplest Jews were prepared to give their life uh, not to denounce the name of Hashem. Where does that come from? Because on the essence, we're all exactly the same. And that's the tranquility of Shabbos. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to take care of. There's no to-do list. There's no anxiety. There's no worry. There's no problems to solve. It's all perfect. How can it all be perfect? And the answer is, well, when you're with Hashem, it's all perfect. To Hashem, it's all perfect. 
guess what? To each of us, it's all perfect too. On that level of Hashem, on the Yechida, which is totally one with Hashem. And we access it through the rest of Shabbos, tranquility in Shabbos. And how will we achieve it? Through the Bittal of Jacob, through letting go. This is psychological terms of letting go. Torah talked about it in the language of Bittal, of self-nullification, a few thousand years before modern psychology caught up with it. I don't need to be in control. The need to be in control comes because I think I'm God. But if I realize there really is a God and he didn't forget my name, I can let go. And that's one of the messages of Shabbos as expressed in this Sikha. And then you have a boundless, a boundless inheritance. There's a funny story that I'm gonna share that I think helps make sense of it, even though obviously I'm sharing it in jest. But there was a Jew that was always a drunk. He was always on the bottle. This is the old country in Russia. You know, Hasidim were living in Moscow and they would see these drunks on the street. We know that the Russians, they like to drink in the cold winters. The man was so poor. He couldn't pay his bills. Couldn't keep the roof on his head. He couldn't keep a car, whatever it is. But he spent every kopeck, every ruble he got for the bottle. So somebody said to him, he says, I don't understand. Why are you wasting your money like this? What do you gain? Save your money. And maybe you'll be able to buy yourself a thing. Maybe you'll be able to nice, have a nice apartment. Maybe you'll have some clothing. Slowly, slowly, you'll have something. He said, don't you get it? If I work hard and save all my money, I'll have a little hovel, a little apartment. I'll have this. I'll have a few small things. He said, when I have the bottle, the whole Moscow is mine. And obviously, it's a, it's a stupid response. But there's something to be learned from it. This is in a negative way. He lost himself, suddenly has infinity. Obviously, that's in an unhealthy way because he's letting go of all responsibility. That's not kosher. But the Hasidim who we told this story were trying to make a point in a healthy way. Not with the bottle. With the bottle of Torah study. When I fill myself up with Torah, when I fill myself up with Shabbos, and I let go, I lose myself like that guy with the bottle in the foolish way. When I lose myself, the whole Moscow is mine. The whole infinity is mine. There's limitlessness to my capacity because I'm in touch with the divine and therefore there's nothing to worry about. It's all mine, so to speak. Somebody once said, you have to lose yourself in order to find yourself. And therefore we now connected all the four concepts, the infinity, which basically means access to Elokos, to Hashem himself. And Shabbos and Jacob and specifically the mitzvah of the Shabbos space around, which is the aura of the essence of our soul.